Welcome to Just Winging It. That was normal. That was normal. That this was too normal. It was way too normal. Yeah, say it again. Welcome to Just Winging It. Oh my god, why is it normal again? I mean, I think I'm just back. I've got my groove back. You did, Stella. Yeah. This is John Abdullah. This is Patrick Green. And here we are to talk to you with a special guest in a few moments. We're very excited to have him here. He's not the father of the internet. Not well, the he, fa- might, he might be. He could we be. Can ask him There's still that. time. We don't know. Yeah. It's still early. I mean, he can't really found the internet again, I guess. He could. This could be a stolen identity situation where he actually did found the internet, and then his identity was stolen by a dapper, extraordinarily muscular British man on the sixth <laughs> floor who has since. <laughs> he's looking at me like, "What is going on?" This is a this is a a long ago story. But but honestly, uh, I I would not be surprised if this guy did invent the internet because he has that kind of a uh, a personality, and he's got some great stories for he us. He does, as you'll hear, much better than us. Actually, we'll just let <laughs> him take the show us. away yeah. once he comes on. Um, how are you doing? I'm great. I'm getting excited for our live recording event. Me too. October 6th. Is that the date? October 6th. it is. Yeah. At the Somerville Armory. Mm-hmm. Our first ever live recording where you get to actually get up up close and personal as we are recording a show, uh, ask us questions, you know, bring posters with our faces on it and, you know, cheer us on, right? I mean, Scream, I'm sure you've always like wanted- wild, Like the Beatles or something? Um, like those just- of you with tattoos, just winging at tattoos, Patrick and John- um, tattoos, you know, this is a place to show them. There's many of them. We should have like an Instagram um, hashtag event before where people show <laughs> off how many tattoos they have from the show. I mean, you know, there's got to be at least a thousand of those. I wonder how many people on this earth right now have a tattoo that says just winging it. Just like, in, not even like branded not, properly. Yeah, let, yeah. Let's be real. It's not about I'm the gonna show. Get, I'm going to guess six. You think six? I feel six. I think it's probably more. That more feels than like, six? Yeah. that's. It feels like a, a, a common enough like phrase that you'd want tattooed. I bet in the Air Force that's a common one. I could see, I could see that being like, uh, there you go. That's the thing. There's like niche audiences, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they all get the inside joke. But here's the thing is that what they don't know is that that's our freaking trademark now, even though we haven't applied for it. Yeah. So you A, owe us money, B, come to the event, <laughs> C, congratulations on great taste, yeah. and D, fix your brand so it matches what we have. It would be a pretty great pilot. Um, you know, just like a regular airline pilot yeah. tattoo as well. Yeah. But you'd never want anyone to see it, like any of the uh, the people flying. What are those people called? Passengers. Passengers. That's the <laughs> word. The flying people. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure pilots have other words for them. You know, the peons or whatever. What do you, yeah, with the, yeah, the idiots. But you never want to flash your just winging it uh, tattoo as a pilot. Right. You know, you're supposed to have it together. You're supposed to be more than, you're supposed to have like a checklist, <laughs> like certain things in place in case you go down. Did you know that there Does has it... never been a crash in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean? Actually, that's a lie. That, Did you know that there's never a been a, there's never been a sea landing in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean? I mean, I guess that makes sense. I, I mean, like, there's like, because you, you know how we always get those things in the in flight. You know, mag- the, the like the little brochures that we get. And, yeah. And they give the, yeah, that's never amazing presentation. That way. No, but it has actually never happened yeah i'm not surprised i don't think i haven't done like a lot of research on this but somebody told me this at some point <laughs> so all of the pilots who listen into this hashtag just wing it let us know also send us your tattoos what's equipped on a? do you think there's like are there a ton of rafts equipped on a plane or something like do they even well there's some yeah, there's there's float you know there's the, the even exit real? things have flotation ability oh, that's right what there's it is. semi-buoyant the slide, yeah right? which the slide, always looks like a the ton water of fun. slide i would love to do that <laughs> Um, and they do spray water on it before you go down. <laughs> it's like a hose. And they're like, next. Well, because listen, jump. there's a lot of people that have to get off that plane and they want people to get down that slide as fast as possible. So you got to just, you know, pour the champagne on it. Whatever they yep. have liquid, <laughs> just the, pour uh, it. Mostly just alcohol. Hey, listen, it's not just about being fast. It's about having fun. Okay? That's true. If you are deplaning in the middle of the frigid Atlantic Ocean, you might as well enjoy it while you're, and also be drunk, right? So let's just say <laughs> this is a proposal for the pilots listening to this program. To, those, first off, thank you for your service. Those pilots out there who are truly just winging it. Spray your passengers with champagne and then kick them out in the middle of the Atlantic. It'll be a big hit. All right. That sounds like a good one. Yeah. So how did we get on that topic? I don't know, but we have an Something event coming your... up on October 6th. Oh, yes. So be there. Yes. Please It'll be, be that there. afternoon. We will reveal details as we get closer and figure out what the hell we're doing. Yeah. Yeah, we're not being like intentionally mysterious. We just don't, we have literally not even prepped enough for the show to like remember what time the event starts. So like this is not, we're not withholding information from you. We're just This is how we roll. Stupid. Yeah. But, I mean, it's too far anyway. You really get to book it now. I that's mean, like a month on. away. Yeah. That's like literally one month. That's from, not like, that far Like when this airs, all. that will be a month. That's that's from, not far at all. That's imminent. We got to get our shit together, John. <laughs> we have we'll people you know coming time from it all over time. the world. That's true. This thing. That's true. At Speaking least from, of which, maybe all over the world. We yeah, want, we want to give a shout out to Midwest Pete, right? Mid Midwest Pete, yeah. <laughs> Our very dear friend uh, Peter and his lovely wife have welcomed their 324th child into the world. <laughs> 
Congratulations. Uh, Espen Fields Wanker is a beautiful baby boy. I know firsthand because I've seen pictures of him. And he shares so you know firsthand a, with for, by pictures. And, yeah. I know, I know. That's, I guess that's <laughs> Isn't secondhand. Isn't that like secondhand? That's, that's secondhand. Yeah, but it came from him. All like, right, all right, pic- all right. Is there, I don't know if there's terminology. You're the internet person. I don't know. What would you call it? I, I think it's more like secondhand. Secondhand? No, but I, he sounds like clothes. Yeah. Right? But what if he took a picture at that perfect moment? Because we all know that babies, newborns are pretty like ghastly looking. Yeah, they're disgusting. They're, they're crazy looking, they're right? They're fucking wet <laughs> and terrifying. But but occasionally there's a moment where that newborn is like, uh, flashes a little smile, which is just gas yeah. or something. Right. And you take a picture and it looks amazing, right? Yeah, radiant. But other than that, so so what if that picture was just that one moment? And that's what I mean by firsthand versus secondhand. Like you don't actually know. That's true. What that baby looks like. It's, well, it's like a Rorschach test. I mean, newborns <laughs> look like Rorschach tests anyway because they're just splotchy. But but also, like, it's true. That one moment in time. We always do that. Hang on. I'm going to I'm gonna get back on track. All Congratulations. Right. He shares a birthday with Jude. I oh, want to get that out that's there. exciting. So me and Peter are very excited about that. And yeah. every year we can, like, you know, discuss this going forward. So congratulations. And uh, can't wait to see this little kid grow up. Firsthand. Um, first, firsthand. Uh, yeah, it's funny. Like, there are all these moments in young childhood where we take pictures. Right. Yeah. And then we interpret them like however we want to. And a narrative begins to form about them, like in the family. Yes. So, for example, today on my like Facebook memories, I saw a picture of Jude, who, uh, of course, he's the same age as Espen, mm-hmm. was like a week old, basically, you know, when this was taken uh Six years ago now. Wow. And he's and it was the first time I remember like he made real eye contact with me and I remember yeah. like where I could tell he was like really trying to focus. Because remember how newborns their eyes are kind of like weird? Yeah, they can they can focus like an inch in front of them at first. Yeah, right. It's crazy. But some of us never grow out of that, but you That's know, true. Hence but my glasses, thanks to the magic yeah. of contacts and glasses, <laughs> matching glasses. Uh but but I and I remember like his eyes kind of focused on me for a second and then I like snapped the picture and then he, I looked at it and he was like completely cross eyed <laughs> and like looked like he was going to vomit. And I was like, That's the way he still looks at me. Which is amazing. You That's know, hilarious. Cross-eyed on the verge of... Uh, but also, I'm sure you found this too. Um, y- you know, you in the moment, you do, as a parent, feel like your kid's pretty cute. I mean, there are, sometimes you just know that they're not at that yeah. first stage. Yeah. But generally, I remember having, you know, thought they were really cute in that those first three months. And then later on, you look back at those pictures and you're like, oh. You're like, like what, what the, the hell? <laughs> why, are there, why is their skin sagging? That's yeah. the thing, too, because they lose a little bit of weight, you know, when they first come out. Right. And they're like, they look kind of old. And like yeah, messy, yeah, and I'm yeah. like, ooh, man, right? And like lopsided, like their heads are all weird. <laughs> but luckily, they've grown out of that. Jude is now six, Thankfully. which is crazy. He had his first day of first grade. How did it go? Went great. Oh, good. He already has friends, including someone named Ryan, who apparently talks like this, which I'm assuming means he's British, but or I don't know. Scottish. He's been doing his accent. I heard a touch of Scottish there. You hear a your touch ex- of Conor Murdoch. <laughs> Uh, our guest here, a, a little bit of background for our guest. We have a, a number of Scottish listeners who um, are good friends of ours and write into the show, and I always butcher their accents. So that's that's a little bit so of So that's uh, a thing. A little bit of background for you. Uh, no, I think this kid's British, but I'm, I told Jude to like try to like do his accent again today. He could also just ask this people sweet generally child. appreciate when you try to copy their accent. Yeah, that, I think that's, that's... I'm trying to impress on him the importance <laughs> of alienating young children uh-huh. from other countries so that they can... You no, know, I'm hoping that it will be an organic part of conversation where he'll invite, he'll invite him over and um, and we'll find out that, that he's just like some sort of British royalty or something. But Yeah. yeah. What, if, what if he doesn't have any accent though? That's also like very likely because kids, yeah. I feel like they just invent these things sometimes. Some of us never stop inventing these things. That's Has true. Anybody ever Steve Jobs. thought you were from? <laughs> has anybody ever thought you were uh, you, that you had an, an accent other than the one that you do have? Well, we've talked about the fact that I slip into like weird. Well, not, you slip into like a weird Southern thing. Yeah, not a total when you accent. Say, when you say C H I L D, what's your words? Well, how do you say, I say child? No, no, you're saying it normal. I know I can't because you're say it the me way the you actually say it. <laughs> child, child. No, you say child, child, child. Yeah, when I'm speaking like normally and at a fast pace, I probably slip in some and then child. But what you didn't grow up there. No, not at all. Never. But are you trying to cultivate like <laughs> an image of a southern, like a southern country lawyer? I'm not trying to do anything. I'm a gentleman. I think, I think I'm particularly uh, empathetic. And, and, oh, congratulations. And stuff. No, I don't mean that in like a, I'm not trying to like, you know, wear it as a badge or something. Gifted. Um, I am gifted though. Yeah. Yes, that's true. Congratulations. So I think what happens is, I mean, this happens to all of us. We all pick up on certain mannerisms and speech from all the people that are around us from the moment we're born, right? Well, we're mm-hmm. mo- literally modeling everything we do after other people. Right. Um, which is why I think I um, shared the revelation on this show that we are basically the culmination of every person we've met, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, like, uh, it's the revelation. <laughs> I know, right? As if it's like I've imparted upon you. I, I'm glad I could teach you something. No, it's amazing. Um, <laughs> it's obvious, right? But and we see this with our kids in the way that they watch us. 
And so I just have to imagine that at some point in my life, I I picked up on somebody's the way that they said something. Could have been from a movie for all I know. I have zero idea. But um that happens to all of us with the mannerisms that we we develop. They don't come from nothing. Yeah, but usually it's like you spend time somewhere for like decades and then you oh, pick totally, up the accent. Oh, totally, totally. I, I'm, I'm I have saying, no idea. I mean, it's not like it's not I'm like just you saying, slip in and out of an accent. It's like you say the word child like you're from Alabama for some reason. <laughs> Other than that, you don't do that. I'm like I'm like a, a not fully formed mutant on X-Men where yeah. my ability is to just be around someone and pick up on their ability, but only to like 10% of it, you know? Yeah, so like, <laughs> yeah you're like, like the shit version of Rogue. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who, who uh, not coincidentally has a Southern accent, so, yeah. you know. Yeah, and shit version of Rogue was my elementary school nickname, so. Congratulations. That's a beautiful nickname. It is. Yeah. I think so. Did you do the whole streak in your hair um, I did, yeah. which didn't look so good. No. But remember that phase when we were growing up where you get your hair, was it frosted? Frosted tips frosted or tips. something? Yeah. Oh, did man. you do that? No, Yeah, you did no. that. I've seen pictures of you from that time I period. didn't, but I You did that thing where you my... plastered your hair down, <laughs> didn't you? No. Yeah, like the Roman, like we tried to look like like uh, Maximus from Gladiator. Oh, yeah. That, yeah I mean, how could I've you not? I've seen a picture of you like that. Really? Yeah. But you were with Bethany, so it wasn't 2000. <laughs> like this was more- re- I was, uh, You might have had children Late to the this, party. But, yeah. Yeah, what are you going to do? You never did the frosted tips? No. Never. Did you ever dye your hair? Uh, no, actually. Okay, I did it once. Yeah. And it was it was a Well, given that you've atrocious. gone gray at like to age 10. <laughs> I did. I've been gray my whole life. <laughs> would you would you say I have gray hair for real? Um I'd say it's like the it's salt and pepper, I guess at this point. Yeah, somebody Honestly, else said that until the other day. you but until it came up on this show yeah. that you you had flagged that someone, you know, described <laughs> you to it. someone yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you had described that someone described you to someone else as the guy who has gray hair. Right, right. And until you said that to me, I would never have said you had gray hair. Right. Like I wouldn't have even noticed because I just don't notice those kinds of things. I think because we, you don't didn't we talk see about people. that You're too? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, it's funny because <laughs> the other day on Instagram so I, I don't go on Instagram as as we've established because I just can't I, I just like I am trying to like not be on social media as much as I can but I do have an account yeah. that I get tagged in occasionally so sometimes I'll check in especially kind to like show deal. support but yeah. I'm just you know I'm, I'm a celebrity but I, I want to show support for like from for Micah who's you know <laughs> on Instagram every minute that's nice of you kind of and <laughs> so I was going through our pictures and there's one of me uh in her like embracing before going out to see Hamilton actually yeah. and somebody had, a good friend of mine actually Mike in the comments was like you know it's so nice to see that he's aging gracefully uh- <laughs> I really commend him for keeping the salt and pepper. I'm like, what are you talking about? Am I aging gracefully? Like, That's I, amazing. I don't even know that I have gray hair until somebody literally tells me about it. Yeah, you know, this yeah. isn't a choice. Um, very little in life is really a choice. It's, it's very. It's like a George Clooney. You know, who also with did age. the plastering better down. with age. That's true. He did. he did a plastering. So you didn't. You never did that. I don't think I actually plastered it down. Did you use product? Oh, of course. I like spiked it and did all that kind of stuff. Yeah. but not but did, plastered you didn't put it, it down. down. Mm, no, there's I a always... picture of you on the piano in your house. Yeah, maybe I just did, like didn't do my hair that on the piano in my house. Yeah, no, that couldn't have been my house. Now it must have been something else you're talking about. You 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 have a piano <laughs> in the hallway, right? <laughs> yes, but yeah. uh, but a I picture can't... on it of you and Bethany at age four. Oh oh, yeah. I see. What, I thought yeah. you meant there was a picture of me at the piano, which first of all no. is bizarre because <laughs> I don't play the piano, right. so like you won't really see me there. Yeah, you had tails and that on. someone would have taken a picture. Yeah. I see what you mean. You know oh, what yeah. I'm talking about? No, that was Bethany and I have been dating since we were like in elementary school. That's true. Remember? Congratulations. I mean, not literally. It was high school, but yeah. so so yeah, I was like just out of high school at that point. Yeah, so I've seen that. See, for me, the one time I dyed my hair was the one time I've ever been in a photo that went viral. <laughs> so it's really problematic for me. <laughs> you we I had, should be clear, you literally went viral. I did for like a couple hours, uh, like two and a half years ago. I like, had this, this one picture way of me more in than high this school. show has. <laughs> yeah, in fact, I should probably go back and like edit it with like the just wing it. Yeah, that's a good brand. idea. Actually, you should do that. I should do that. Uh, I will tonight. <laughs> so like, I, I was in this picture where I, I a had long hair for some reason because yeah. I was like trying it you out. Need to and share then, this picture with our fans after. <laughs> maybe we should. And then B, uh, I had tried to dye it for senior picture day, and it came out like burnt crap orange and i was like mom yeah but you have to get to the point what is it that you actually looked like and why did that go viral i I, I look like the default the default elf you start every (laughs) rpg game with because i was i just like look like this little elf in like orange i mean you legitimately looked like an elf i did i did i think part of it's because they retouched the photo but like photoshop yeah yeah they always do that like soft touch thing literally glowing yeah like chernobyl right um and it's like so this photo like has become like a way that people think of me looking which I don't and also I had orange hair in this like one moment that like if I you know have done anything sort of immortal in my yeah. life other than raising my children 
it will probably be that stupid picture of me with orange hair. Well, and I mean, Peter Jackson, when he was designing the elves in uh, Lord of the Rings, he actually consulted, me. consulted yeah, because he, he saw that picture and then yeah. he consulted you, and I believe you were actually on set. I was the inspiration for you were the, the inspiration. For, actually, to Tolkien actually for, came to my school as did, well yes, as a ghost yes, back <laughs> as a zombie. He was like, "Oh my god, are you? we need to get going." Yeah, we, we need do. To, poor Cully's just subjected to this garbage. <laughs> Um, any other updates before we transition? Well, I had I had one, uh, which was that the birthday party was a lot of fun. We had yeah. our big family birthday party, which was a great time. And uh, I, I will just share that, you know, a lot of the characteristics that I have, which you've pointed out in the past, are like only <laughs> amplified by my relatives. Yes. And so this was the first year where there were enough children who were old enough there to kind of organize and become like a faction. Ooh. So we had these like roving bands of semi-feral children <laughs> running around this like rather large yard. So yeah. what you have to understand is my parents' house, which was a wonderful place to grow up, has has quite a lot of front yard and backyard, but they're separated by a gate, right? Mm. There's like a gate on either side of the house. Yeah. But now like enough of the kids are tall enough to unlock the gate when we keep closing it. So the whole day was this like constant issue of like running around the house trying to find if the kids had been hit by cars or not, right? (laughs) Which was great. Awesome. And then me asking, because I was usually in the backyard trying to like save the kids who were falling off of the jungle gym that we'd built for this thing. Because we built like a slack line, it's it's pretty amazing. I'll get into it. A on zip line. Show. We do have we did have a zip <laughs> line as well. There were a lot of things that required supervision, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. But the problem is when you're supervising them, you lose sight of where the other ones went. That's so true. So there were a lot of times where I was like, "Oh my god, where the f- where's Henry?" And I would start like, "So I'm like Henry." My mom goes, "Do you know where he is?" She's like on the porch, and I'm like, "No, no, have you seen him?" And then she goes, "Oh my god!" And then she turns to my aunt Patty, who is the most hysterical of all of us, and she goes, "Somebody find him!" So then we're screaming through the house trying to find where the kids are. Meanwhile, they're just playing outside somewhere, right? Of course. But we're playing this game of telephone, but instead of like the message becoming harder to understand, yeah. it's just getting more and more frantic. frantic. Uh-huh. So then it comes back to me as, you know, we cannot find the children. He's lost. Something's wrong. He is lost. He got right? in a van. And meanwhile, and so then I'm getting terrified too. So I'm running around, stepping in dog shit. I'm like trying to find the kids. And then I realize like, okay, Henry was just like talking to his cousin. Like he's totally fine. But th- and then I have to like get that message back to the house. So I yeah. yell it, right? And of course, because I'm yelling it, they think something's wrong. So the door bursts open. My aunt comes out and she's crying, literally crying. Oh no. And I'm like, it he's, got that. He's, he's how right long here. was it that this transpired? Oh, four seconds. But it just, it just happened every minute. Isn't it minute. amazing how fast that can happen? It is. I, I, I deliberately in those moments where like it's a little too long and I haven't found my kid yet, you know, if I'm out or whatever, mm-hmm. I deliberately like hold it in and think, you know, I'm sure this is fine. Like, because I feel like we've watched so much, so many movies and just like have internalized so much fear yeah. around our kids getting a little too far away. And I mean, granted, it happens like kids are stolen and there's bad shit that happens. But like, you know, it's probably not. The odds right? are the it's odds are so low. Exactly. But it happens. It does happen. But That'll check suck. yourself. Yeah, but you check know, four seconds before you is wreck probably yourself. not long enough before you. But see, but, 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 but let me be lose clear. your shit. I wasn't freaking out. I was just asking if somebody had seen him. <laughs> it was the game of telephone which that amplified it, transformed it, to it this into panic of like the scenes we in haven't Jaws seen him where in they're days. running away from the. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> There's like putting posters up on like telephone poles. Like he's been missing for ten seconds. Oh Everybody man. Chill out. Yeah. Anyway, that's my update. All right. Good. Shall we uh, introduce our? I special think we guest? should before he just like leaves the room. <laughs> yeah. He has a plane ticket in his hand. So here we go. You want to start? Yeah. So, welcome to the show, Cully. Ah. <clears throat> Sorry, I got to get rid of uh, get used to these mics. Uh, well, I'm so good to be <laughs> here, guys, and I really could just just start riffing off of everything you guys have just been saying this whole time. Okay, so you actually Which is basically it. all we ever do. So, yeah. I I was just trying not to laugh in the corner, and then now <laughs> I could just literally I, I have like seven connection points that we could just riff off, but we probably don't want to go there too much. Yeah, well, we can get to that. You do you, Cully. You, 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 you do you. You do you. <laughs> and why don't you give us a little bit of background on who you are. Uh, full disclosure, I work with Cully. He's a great dude. So there's a conflict of interest There's a conflict here. of interest. It will interest. not be the this deep is investigative reporting that we typically bring you. That's true. Well, we're under investigation from the Better Business Bureau for this, for false claims anyway. <laughs> but, but, but So who are you? What do you do? Give us some background. Okay. Well, let me just start by saying, man, you know, going gray is a bummer, but look, you know, you guys can see me. You know, <laughs> I'm bald, right? But you so, look great with that. And, and That's it, the thing. You know, I've tried that before. I've shaved my head. Shaved it. And people were not thrilled about it I was fortunate that my scalp once I shaved it yeah. was relatively nice shaped sort You've of got a good you know? shaped it's, scalp it could yeah. be worse it right it could great. be worse but you know there's there's a, there's like the, the I'm going bald or there's like the I'm shaving my head and I'm kind of in that middle stage where mm. I'm going bald and shaving my head so it's sort of like you know it's <laughs> 
people some people think oh he just shaved his head and other people are like oh he's bald and so you're kind of in the middle there but it's 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 a good place to I be I think it's a good call though cuz it's like you know it's always sad when you see the people who are hanging on as much as they can to like the hair that they have and like trying to make it work in in ways that probably shouldn't work yeah. You know it's those just, little it's wisps, yeah, <laughs> the wisps, yeah, the wisp, <laughs> it, the will and, of the wisp, exactly. And that's why I was like, no, we're just gonna go full, full on here. <laughs> but so, so when did you start noticing that you were going? You know, I think I first noticed like starting losing a little hair actually when I was like 19 years old. Wow. But then like nothing happened for a while. I mean, then it was sort of like very minimal. And then what happened was I went to Japan, taught English in Japan when I was like 24. And as we left, me and these three other guys, we all um, shaved our heads. And so we had our heads shaved. Or something? What was that all about? <laughs> well, it was actually we were just beginning a trip around Asia, and so we kind of like it was like a, a bonding moment where we all shaved our heads, or like a fresh start. A fresh start, okay. and then but then I've kind of been shaving my head ever since. And then yeah. along the way, I started losing more hair, and then I was like, well, I just keep shaving my head. So yeah, it all worked yeah. out well. Yeah. Well, but it's your look, and you don't look like you're going bald. You just look like you shave your head. Just shave my head. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's good to know. So congratulations. Good. Yeah. Thanks, totally. Jason, I always just, I always just figured that. <laughs> thanks, yeah. fellas. If you just came in one day with like a full set of hair, you know, like a long. Hair. Well, I when think I put it, a, we'd be a little freaked out. Hair. I've yeah. had elf wigs, <laughs> and wi- the wig can be kind of scary. You've I worn did, wigs I did a little wig thing recently. Like my brother-in-law had a wig, and there were some wigs in my parents' basement that were kind of moldy and gross. But anyways, <laughs> we like we tried some of those on, and man, it's funny when you when oh, you're when it's transformation, right? Oh, when you're bald, right. and then all of a sudden, it's totally, so, yeah, yeah. It's when you say wigs, I can only picture like ridiculous <laughs> Halloween costume wigs that I've worn through the years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm assuming they're more natural. Than no, that. there were some of those because this okay. was like in my parents' Halloween bag, right? So oh, they were costumes. Well, some there was one that was like a legitimate. You call it a, a wig, <laughs> but so, there was others that was just got a little bit. I'll show you the picture sometime. I got some photos. Did you of clip it. them to your scalp? Is that what you do? No, you, you no. These it. were these were things that could. <laughs> well, someone on your face. <laughs> you you pin them in. Push pins. Push pins. <laughs> How do, you, how do they stick out? No, well, some oh, some were more like some were masks actually, and then and then and so those were color. scary too. And then <laughs> some were some were kind of like wigs. No, you just put them on and they just hang. You oh know, yeah, just yeah. For a little while and then you take them you've off. Never, yeah. You've never put on a wig before. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have, but 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 see, well, here's the thing. Okay, this is the so so I have a background in theater. And okay, had, so I've clearly had to, I have a background in theater. Yeah. <laughs> and I've had to wear wigs quite a bit a lot on stage for various reasons, and we always put them in with these pins, right? But a lot of what people the, I know oh, okay, who are bald yeah, yeah, wear yeah. wigs. Mm-hmm. And how does that, you, you can't pin it to your well, skin. Well, if you're bald and you're we- wearing a wig to really, sh- you know, not be I'm bald. I'm talking high class, like a real wig. Yeah, yeah. then you've got a, not you, with a mask I'm on sure it. there's some affixing that needs there must to happen. Be, yeah. yeah, We'll say it's staples. Some Elmer's yeah. glue, yeah. <laughs> anyway, what else? So you've done a lot of traveling. So I'm, too. all there is is I'm bald and I've traveled. Besides <laughs> that, you guys want to know more. So now that you can picture Cully, let's learn more about you. He's that bald traveling guy. So anyways, I... Yeah, you know, I, I do love traveling actually, and and that trip to to um to you know Asia and all around the world was amazing. And I kind of got that from as a kid. My you know father did a bunch of trips, and I got going as a as a kid on some trips. So got involved with um, traveling and just really other cultures and really being interested in that. And that has led me to lots of things in my life, including to my current job and past jobs and um and just what I'm really interested in. Yeah. What's the first trip you ever took? Can you remember it? I'm not, I mean like a weekend, like international trip. Ooh, international. First trip I took was actually to Alaska with my father. He was filling mm. in at this, uh, at like a, in a little, as a hot, uh, doctorate, a little clinic. Um, but first international trip was prob. oh, Europe, Europe with my family in 1984. I was like 11 and we did a big trip. We went to like 15 countries in Europe in, in six wow, weeks. Wow, that is a big trip. Yeah, it was a big trip. We rented one of those little those like vans around. and did the whole thing. And yeah, so that was cool. You rented a van? Yeah, it was one of those like, it was sort of like a, what are those? The, the Volkswagens. The, oh, like, oh a, like, yeah. a, like a Vanagon. Yeah, oh, that's it had, amazing. It, Vanagon. It had right. the little thing. It didn't have the whole pop-up thing, <laughs> but like a mini. A is it a Vanagon? Or it, a Vanagon? In my head, my whole life, I've just seen it written and I've always said the Vanagon. And, and I, I thought said it was Vanagon. Vanagon. It does, it does. It totally could be a Vanagon. It's definitely a Vanagon. <laughs> it's supposed to be a wagon. That's why it's a Vanagon. It's not a Vanagon. Okay. Good. Okay. That's good. A anyway, so you rented so one of those. Yeah, we rented it and traveled all around and slept in it and and went to like you know the Leaning Tower of Pisa and just you know all over yeah. um, Europe. And then, uh, but my first like international trip that was not like Europe was um, I think to Haiti when I went there mm. in like eight, 1989. Yeah. Mm. And what was that trip about? So that was that was like a, a youth group trip that I took with with uh, was my father on that one. I don't think he was, but it was a bunch of um, this is a youth group I was involved with, and we did some nice. some work projects down there and painted painted a school and stuff like that. Have you been back since the earthquake? 
Uh, yeah, I have because I was working with another organization and went back in 2013. Um, so I have been back. I think I've been there like four times to Haiti. Wow, really? Yep. Wow. So Haiti, but yeah, but so that, that kind of, those experiences are what kind of got me kind of part of who I am. You know, it was interesting, John, you were talking about, um, I took notes as you guys were talking because I was feverishly trying to <laughs> keep up. the best guest we've ever had. Yeah, it's amazing, notes. yeah. But uh, no, you talk about that every, uh, we are all, a, a, you know, we are all a, a summation of the people that came before us. Well, um, we name, my son's name is Oli, but it really Oli comes from Olaf. And oh. Olaf, which is a Scandinavian Frozen, name, right. yeah, from Frozen, Frozen. exactly. Yeah. That, it was if he, he was, was a future you traveler. Inspired he was a little time before traveler. that, yeah, <laughs> but still, it was close. This movie's gonna be a hit. I tell you, <laughs> we're gonna name our kid Oli. <laughs> well, that's why we did Oli instead of Olaf. We had to have, have our own little niche. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but Olaf means remains of the ancestors, which wow. I think is such wow. a cool. Isn't that a really cool I like yeah. history for that's a name? Awesome. And so, yeah, we are part of our. Right, the people that came before us. For Remains sure. of the ancestors. Remains of the ancestors. Like that. That's one of you know. There's several, but that's one of them. Yeah. Um, and let me say one little side note. And this this could could be a segue as well. But you're talking about like kids and, and the running around and where they go. Yeah. <laughs> when we were in Nicaragua, which we'll talk about, we uh, we had. I remember one time Oli came up to me and said, "Harlan and Leo were just um, were just wrestling. Before that, they were playing with machetes, but then they stopped. <laughs> and we were like." Oh, that's good. Yeah, and so like you know, kids. Yeah, you never know what's gonna happen. <laughs> you never kids, know. Right? You never know when do. they're gonna, they're yeah, gonna get right. their hands on a machete. Henry had a flamethrower. I don't know where he got that. Yeah, if anyone would, Henry would he find would, a flamethrower. Yeah, that's impressive. Have a flamethrower, wow. yeah. I mean, he immediately gets into a room and he will find. He, he does like the Terminator scan <laughs> yeah, and finds all clothes, the weapons. In the your room. weapons, give <laughs> yeah. them to me. Your glasses. Exactly. Yeah, he talks like Arnold too. <laughs> but but I think you know the, the so the the traveling questions we've asked or that Patrick has asked so far, I think, are leading up to what we know. And I think our, our listeners would be really interested in hearing more about I know I am. Because when I first met you, when you started here at Oxfam, I believe you had just come from living abroad with your kids um, for how long was it? Yeah, we were there for about 10 months. 10 months, okay. Yep. And so I'd love to hear just like, well, first of all, we should also let our listeners know how old your kids are just to sort of orient. 40. Um, yeah, yeah 40 exactly. Years, adult children. children. Well, <laughs> you guys, are, this is like the 30-something father podcast, right? And so yeah. now you're introducing the 40-something father into the into the mix here. This is all ages. Um, yeah. all ages. Oh, that's good. All, really okay, all, good. We have 10-year-old fathers. Bald 40-something, 10-year-old bald kids. Yeah, the whole, <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, my kids now are 12 and 14, but yeah. at the time we were on this trip, they were 9 and 11. Okay. Yep. And what spurred you to take them on the trip and where was it so nicaragua yeah so we went to nicaragua and you know it's funny we were i had always wanted to go on a trip i mean in addition to the travel traveling i love to do i wanted to bring my family and so yeah when i met my wife we got married and you know um that was sort of always in my idea but you know she had never done much traveling so it was kind of a long she wasn't <laughs> even thinking about that um but anyways over time uh, we had we had tried to go once to Cambodia to like because there was a job opportunity in mm. Siem Reap and that didn't really pan out. Um, but this plus we were like speaking Khmer is not going to be that great for the kids, you know. Like so, how about right. Spanish? <laughs> you can't yeah. really um, use it that much. Yeah. <laughs> so we um, so anyways we we actually knew a guy who uh, had started that had been in the Peace Corps had then subsequently started a small nonprofit in Nicaragua in the village he had worked in. Then the nonprofit was called Tololamos, and we said, "Hey, Tyler, is there any way that a family could come down to Nicaragua and live there for a year? And how would that look?" And wow. Tyler kind of like did some research and got back to us and said, "Yeah, totally." And so that's that's how that was really? our journey. Yeah. So what was that like leading up to that? You said your wife hadn't really traveled much. So what did that look like? I mean, in getting her, were you on the same page? Was there some like negotiation of that? It's she, a pretty big deal, right? It was huge. Yeah, and she kind of had like a I don't know like a epiphany, a moment where she just was kind of like let's do it wow yeah and so she um once that happened that was in fact she i had kind of put it off off i was like this isn't gonna happen and when <laughs> she did that i was like wow it's back on the table and then that was like um probably march of 2015 and then we spent the next almost year and a half sort of preparing and we left in august 2016 to go so what kind of stuff were you preparing when you say that you know it's it's funny there's a, you know, I'm sure you guys have talked on this show a little bit about like um, materialism and all the stuff and, and mm. just how we actually get, that like, was our first episode. Our free, yeah, 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 it was. Yeah, how we get so linked in and connected and, and attached to this society and and 
consumer culture. So part of it was just like decoupling ourselves from like life here. And mm. some of that meant like, you know, yeah, getting a giant dumpster and chucking all our shit and throwing <laughs> it out. Um, it also meant like, um, you know, then it came down to more tangible stuff like renting our house, selling our car, um, all that stuff. Yeah. So, so you kept your house and you rented it out? We did. Going? Okay. Yeah. And funny, the people that rented it subsequently bought a house like five houses down. They In liked Nicaragua. The... No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think they might want to go. Um, but uh, so, yeah. So all those things that it takes to just... Um, you know, get and of course we had to raise money too. That was the other part of it because right. we 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 quit our jobs, so that was the other part. And so um, all those things to to get out of Dodge. Yeah. What about the the sort of I, what I'm hearing there is you know there's all the material stuff that you're sort of like I don't know you're it weighs down on you. You're attached to it, right? In this life that we're we're living, especially in this country, more than others, I think to some extent. Um, and then there's the the people, right? The, all the people that keep you here and like that, you know, kind of. Um, maybe not dictate, but I think often play into where we decide to live. And so how did that go? Like, uh, you know, sort of um, disconnecting from the people in your life. Yeah, that was, you know, I think it was, my parents probably expected it because they know I kind of traveled <laughs> around. I think her parents, it was a bit of a shock. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and so, but they, they got on board pretty quick. And I think as far as like, you know, the kit for my boys, it was hard to imagine leaving their friends. Because 9-11, they have, they have connections. They oh, have right. connections, yeah. And so I think part of it was like, like, uh, you know, ignorance is bliss on their part because they didn't really know. what they Somehow they <laughs> sort of they? trusted us. They didn't know what they were getting themselves into, I don't think, to the extent, you know, we told them what we were doing yeah. and all. But, How could so, they? But there's no way to conceptualize that, right? Exactly. Yes. Were they excited, though? You know, they, they. I wouldn't say they were like, Totally excited, but they were <laughs> they were they were on board with going. You know, they you were, told they them were they were board. going to Disney World, and then you just got them on a plane. Yeah, that, 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 that would have worked better. Probably, <laughs> this doesn't look Can like Disney World. But how would they ever know it was Disney or not? Right, that's true. You've it's never just been. like a weird, like deep in the Animal Kingdom part of it, right? Yeah, and it's like we're just in, in a nature preserve. Yeah, and that's what's going on. I remember that one of Bethany's aunts told me that growing up, she lived in a community where a lot of kids, you know, at school would, would talk about how they went to Disney World all the time, mm-hmm. and so she took her daughter to the Disney store in the mall and told her that that was Disney World and so she'd go to school too and say oh yeah I went to Disney yeah. World this weekend <laughs> that's awesome. yeah. I thought that was brilliant <laughs> oh wow <laughs> yeah so anyways that's that's how we that's how we came to you know end of August 2016 where we're like wait a second we're heading to Nicaragua wow can I ask so in the lead up to that uh, we'll get to the trip eventually, but I'm wondering, like, I feel like I there's so much of a trip, sense man. of self. <laughs> I want to talk. I want to share pictures. There's such a sense of, uh, I, I feel like in some ways we kind of define our sense of self a little bit by the connections that we make in a given place. And in, in, in like John was saying, and setting down roots and kind of like the communities that we operate in and the possessions that we have and the the knowledge that all of these possessions equate somehow some sense of like stability mm. and liquidity if we need it. And to me, like I, I would, I would be surprised if I didn't feel almost a sense of like uh, metamorphosis in that process. Did you feel like your sense of self changed as you kind of stripped away these extra things in the lead up to this huge change? I mean, for me, it, I, I think it was sort of liberating. Like, like I love chucking stuff, so like yeah. just getting rid of all that stuff, and then yeah. just. Just knowing that, like, I mean, it was it was really frustrating too because knowing of all the things you have to do to how ingrained we are in the society, right. how hard it right. was to do that. But once we did it, it felt it felt great. I mean, it felt really? liberating. And, and um, I, personally, now I'll share more about you know the different perspectives from family members on this whole right, trip. But right. um, but yeah, I, I was liberated. So, so yeah, how did how did it go? Let's get into it. I mean, what was what was it like at first? Yeah, so so we got there, uh, and we, um, you know, we, it was kind of interesting because the first like couple nights we stayed in this really fancy hotel, you know, <laughs> ease transition, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We went like you know zip lining and all this stuff in, in, in like, <laughs> like a uh, Managua. Yeah. yeah, it was like a vacation for like forty eight hours, and then bang, we uh, got picked up, and Tyler, the guy I mentioned, and uh, a couple other guys from the village picked us up, and we took a we rented a bus and went right to this village and so the amazing thing is we knew that they were building us a house so we had raised money and they had built built us a house yeah wow and so we knew there was going to be a house there um we had seen some early pictures of it so yeah we just showed up and you know it was amazing because we we start walking in with like our 25 bags and like and um there they were the whole family was waiting there with like you know 
welcome signs and I actually that first day I I start I I mean I was probably wicked tired but I just started bawling Mm, when when I saw this whole family like who didn't know us and who was like yet trusting us to show up and and build a mansion for you and And a state yeah yeah a large estate gated Uh, terrifying large estate yeah there was like two swimming pools it was was very ambitious that's amazing though yeah yeah What what a welcoming right yeah I mean and and that was sort of an, uh, our entree into like the people of Nicaragua who, you know, you go anywhere around the world and just people are amazing, right? And certainly yeah. the culture in Nicaragua is one of hospitality and welcoming and, and just amazing. Had you been to Nicaragua before this? No. Okay. Nope. So this was my first time. Wow. You know, that hospitality and welcoming too, I think is something certainly I've picked up on in my own travels and something that I often, uh, I don't feel <laughs> as well in this country and even in myself. Like I think to, you know, some of our travels- um, for example, we went to Hungary and saw some of Bethany's extended family who like, you know, even left their house and let us stay there while they l- stayed somewhere else. Like the level of hospitality was just so above and beyond. And I thought like if they came to visit us, would I would I actually go to those lengths? Like right. would I have that in me? And I think I'd have a really hard time. Like, and, and I don't like that about myself and the culture that I'm in, but I was just so struck by um, the distinction and the, that sort of juxtaposition with other other communities, uh, and of course I haven't changed my behavior as a result. <laughs> when you have guests, you just dig a hole in the but backyard. But it was at least nice to think I, aspirationally, like, oh, that's nice. I'd like to be that someday. Yeah, someday. I bet you're nicer yeah. than you think you are. Come on, you're a nice guy. I, I mean, money I don't on know. It. yeah, yeah, <laughs> trying. I'm working on it. Just winging it, you know. Just winging it. <laughs> so, how was that transition? What was it like? First couple weeks. So the first couple of days were, were really hard, especially for my family. I think like my wife um, and my boys, you know, this was just so I had I had traveled and I had lived in small villages and I had been in places not that dissimilar from Nicaragua. Mm-hmm. So um, but it was it was hard, you know, especially because we didn't know any Spanish when we showed up. So at all. I mean, I had I had taken like one trimester in college like 20 <laughs> years ago, but like that's about it. So I had been doing Duolingo before, but that doesn't really work that well. So we we showed up and it was like bang. Mm-hmm. Um, so for the first two months we were there, I think we had uh, we had some Spanish classes, but it was all in like it started in Spanish. Like the woman who taught us didn't speak English, so it was like, right. oh wow, this is right. hard. Um, but anyways, that was a big a hard part, and then just the the daily. The daily, you know, grind of, of missing your family and just like the starting to get get a better understanding of how people live there compared to how we live and doing laundry the old fashioned way and that yeah. sort of stuff. Yeah, what was that like? Well, my wife did most of it. Now, the, 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 you know, not that this is like a. I would have done it. She really wanted to do. It. I swear, <laughs> people, I was not trying to this like shirk my duties. Yeah. No, she. Um, but so so to, to get it, you know, they, it's a washboard. Yeah, it's old school. It would take. They make good it would music, take so her like they do. Yeah, it would. Yeah, and she just started a jug band while you're there. Surprising, <laughs> <laughs> great soap songs out there. <laughs> but she would take like probably, I would say every week probably like seven hours of clothes washing. <laughs> oh man, yeah, oh, God. yep. Because probably twice, two, three, three plus hour sessions, and then you know you got to hang it on the barbed wire fence and yeah. Um, hope it on doesn't a barbed rain. Wire fence? Barbed wire fence. That was the only place to hang it. <laughs> And that's what everyone does. I, yeah, I mentioned that in the book where people are like, you see a guy who gets on the bus and he's got rips in, and you, you you know he he was hanging those on the barbed wire. I, I feel like they, oh, they could, you could solve that though with like a towel. Maybe. Yeah, <laughs> they're in the air rope. There's, yeah. There were there were as we got there longer, we we improvised. A little <laughs> this bit, isn't but. like sophisticated technology, <laughs> right. right? Like the it's rope like idea. The basic, yeah. We like we just started like hammering machetes <laughs> to the wall with our clothes on them. <laughs> but that's what so many people do. Like they do. Drive yeah, that way, yeah. um, but anyway, so so that was that was one el- uh, element of it, and uh, and then just getting to know people, and you know, you know, when you're in that situation, days seem like years, right? Because it's just there's. I was going to so say much. the pace of everything must have just been so different. Like yeah. when you consider even that you're spending seven hours on laundry, um, and the amount of time you spend on things that here you just so take for granted. Yeah, yeah. it just yep. instantly changes the pace of everything. Right? Although I do want to say, doing laundry feels like it takes a month, no matter where you are. Yeah. At least for us, I feel like laundry yeah. is the worst part of like having a house and a yeah. family. It's yeah. it's I'm a bad a, one. Not a big. Although I, I can't complain much. But, I know, but Bethany is also. Oh, does she do most of it? Uh, no, this, again, not <laughs> a gendered thing. I do. I do most of the dishes. Um, I oh, wear an apron and I cook. John. You know, so like I'm. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but when it comes to laundry, well, thing. first of all, I'm I'm terrible at folding stuff. 
Yeah, me too. Um, which is not really an excuse because like we should just learn how to do it. Right. I mean, let's be honest. Um, though I have tried doing the con the what is it KonMari method or whatever that's called. You, you the, love mm, this shit. Yeah. What, what is uh, it? It's, it's this does not spark joy. You would love up. this. I think you'd like Con-Mari. it. It's on oh, Netflix. Yeah, I, I never when heard when of you it. were talking about how much you love throwing things out, I was like, God, he would love Mary Kondo. Mary Kondo. That Marie Kondo. Yeah. So Marie she Kondo. has this show okay. tidying up that took off on Netflix, and it's like it's she had a book before that actually. It's that about to basically throw everything out. Okay. I mean, it's that's the moral. It's about. It's about having more intentionality about the stuff that you have and that you own, right? And and being really, you know, and actually even having like a relationship with the stuff that you have. Romantic. Um, and yeah. and like there's a <laughs> sort of process to getting rid of it and all that. I haven't actually done all of that, but I have tried folding my stuff in the way that she recommends, um, which is, it's really interesting. But anyway, um, the laundry thing is tough. <laughs> That it, I, I guess I'm just thinking, like, as somebody whose laundry currently is spilling down into the hallway, yeah. like, it is it is the one chore that no matter, even though we have great washer dryers, we do it as a family, like, it is just a nightmare. But I have to say, now that I know that there are people who use barbed wire fencing to dry their clothes Yeah, maybe off, you should not complain about it. I should probably not it. complain yeah, about and it. And or maybe add, I should just get some barbed wire. Barbed wire, or let me add one more thing that's also another story that I told in, you know, about this, was my wife one day was doing laundry, and all of a sudden, a tarantula is crawling oh, up her. Oh, that would be the end. If my wife were there, that oh, would be the end. That's, well, that's Micah's right ultimate fear. Yeah, exactly. To my wife's credit, she she now actually does have a before that she wasn't scared of spiders now she has like a legitimate like arachnophobia yeah, yeah totally I totally yeah I but would after like, that that you know there's a, a and of course the local like Achilles one of the guys in our who lived right across his the way his name is Achilles his name was Achilles yeah that's so that's cool amazing. yeah he was awesome but he came over and he's just like. You know, he M- Miriam's screaming, and he just comes over and grabs a couple it. sticks and picks up the. And he definitely did not want us to kill that thing, right? Because you know they don't kill stuff; it's just right. part of the circle of life. Yeah. And Miriam was like, "You're killing that." <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say, "Isn't killing stuff part of the circle of life?" <laughs> yeah, too? Right, right, right. <laughs> you will murder that. I mean, thing. that's what I learned in Lion King. I don't know about you. Yeah, totally. Stuff's it's all about die. killing spiders. Yeah. And then, Have, did you feel the tarantula? Have you had a tarantula on you? You know, I haven't. She, she's the only one who had. We had quite a they few tarantulas. Are, I sense that there's a story behind this from Patrick. My story's ten seconds long. I got I'm to like play with you one. Marv once. from Home Alone with the tarantula. <laughs> Do you know yeah. what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. A, I want my name to be changed to Achilles formally. This is my request for that. But B, uh, I used to play with like a tarantula, and it was it was so your best friend. Cute. It was up. my only friend as a child. Uh, and it was like what, a, it what was do you like mean a, play with it was like at a local like yeah. petting zoo museum I don't I to be fair this is a fuzzy you, memory you for never me even but there was no it. I played with tarantulas <laughs> because I know now that they are actually really heavy yeah that was some, something that was oh weird. really I would yeah, have, they're, I would they're have not like that they'd bugs. be light they're like squirrels oh, no, that's even like worse hairy and big very sweet and the the one that I would play with at this at this nature it was a nature center was like they'd had it for years and years and years and it was like very well trained so you could like feed it. And uh, and it would just like sit on your shoulder and chill. So now I really want to get one, but uh, my wife has put the yeah, kibosh that, that. on that. But she did let me get a scorpion, which makes me want to remember. You got to talk about scorpions because you, you have, have scorpion. You have a, well, I did. They killed each other during the mating ritual, which is <laughs> oh, very emotional. Yeah. There were two of them. Um, but That's I, what I know you, when you, uh, get scorpions. you have a, a book on the table that I hope you get to at some point. Which you've referenced scorpions. it, so you've, you've I got did to reference it. So it. I might as well plug it. Okay, yeah. so the book that I wrote after this trip, which was really a summation of like sort of my our, writing down our experiences was mom there's a scorpion in my pants <laughs> okay and that's that's <laughs> the main title. title and then one family's year of living purposely in rural Nicaragua and on the top I put this and I, I, I really mean it future national bestseller because this <laughs> that's is amazing I mean, I mean like the, can I see far the cover? into the future you know this is this could oh, be a while because so it, it literally says that yeah. hasn't taken off yet anyways you can find it on Amazon it's pretty cool it's a, it's a good book that is amazing and I, I didn't even realize title. you had a book until today Patrick told me earlier um, but I, I mean, I especially want to hear about it now that I've heard just a taste of these stories. Um, and of course this will totally give away probably the premise of the book, but I guess I'm curious, you know, you, we talked about your transition. What was the breakthrough? Like, cause I'm imagining that the book doesn't end with, you know, you all being miserable and then, um, coming back. Although maybe it just does, with I don't pants know. full of scorpions, but like you, you yeah. describe this as a liberating experience. So like, what was the, what was the breakthrough? Yeah. And, and just to make a quick, you know, note, it actually, the scorpion was actually in his <laughs> shirt. But I thought pants sounded better, oh, right? Pants for is a way book, better. So, yeah. Oh yeah, you got to make those. You've got that artistic I've, license. Yeah, I figured. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, it could have been. It could have been a onesie. You know. Yeah. Well, there was <laughs> a one thing. <laughs> there was. We each got actually stung by a scorpion while we were there once. Did each you of really? us once. It was kind of weird. Oh. And I got. Wow. It, I was the same trying, scorpion. No, all different. And I, wow. I was cleaning out uh, a window. You it's know, a serial killer. Have these windows that are like <laughs> <Serial>. jaws, <laughs> scorpion. <laughs> they're, no, they're all over, really. But um, 
I was, the windows don't, you know, it's not glass. You just open the, the window and, and there you are. But he was, they like to hide in the little rims there. So I was trying to clean oh that God. out and he got me. And then my wife was, it was, he was on a dirty dish towel and got her uh, one oh. son on his shirt and the other son was coming out of the shower. It was, in, it was on the towel. Oh, that's, that, that's scary. That's horrible. Yeah, so that was scary. Harlan and then Oli. So are they, they're not poisonous though? Like what happens Well, it's, it's funny. They, they can <laughs> it's be. Hilarious. Um, <laughs> not, yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah. Um, no, this, this what actually is kind of funny. It's from the book. Is that is that so Achilles. Okay, back to Achilles. so cool. Yeah. It is. He it's once much the best got stung by a scorpion and they say that the, the strength of it is like three times of a bug's, uh, uh, like a hornet. Mm-hmm. Okay. But anyways, it can also produce some interesting um, things. And so Achilles, for some time, for like a day, was known to be like walking backwards. What? No. Yeah. It's like, because it, it can get the a neurological stuff. Yeah. It's a neurotoxin. Oh, so wow. he was like walking backwards. Oh God, and it also so gets, dangerous. And it also gets the tongue from Miriam can talk for a while. Oh yeah. my God. That's wild. Did you go to a clinic after these things? Or? No, well, it's, it's, it'll uh, dissipate pr- pretty much on its own. So you right. just kind of kind of wait it out. Are there like extreme cases where it doesn't dissipate? Yeah, I think there are, people have died we from the scorpion sting. Or, or even just, allergic. I'm just imagining someone who's still walking backwards yeah, just, years later. Yeah, That'd be kind of cool. Achilles did turn around. Yeah, and now he's just- Achilles not only has a great name, but he can only walk backwards. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he's just always walking backwards. He doesn't wow. even see where he's going. That's incredible. Yeah, but so so that was, but but you know, um, as far as you know, what we got out of it, and and sort yeah. of on the other side of things, um, you know, it was. We we would all give you a different answer, obviously. Yeah, understandably. Um, and, I, and I can try to sort of paraphrase as best possible for for my family, <laughs> for Miriam and Harlan and Oli. But but for me. It was in many ways. It was my dream to do mm. this, right? So I had I was living out my dream. I mean, and and it's to this day, it was just an unbelievable experience. Not that it wasn't hard. There was a lot of hard things. Part of the hard things was seeing how hard it was for my family. Sometimes that was that was hard for me. You um, feel guilty about it? Yeah, there was, there was there was there were times of guilt. Yeah, for sure. Like you know, what when I, I got kid- what have I gotten ourselves into here? Bit right. by scorpions. They're all walking the scorpions. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, oh, and like you know, I mean, Harlan was sick. Probably like seventy five percent of the time we were oh, there, like he no, always like really? stomach stuff or That's rashes, rough. or he had always has something going on. Oh man! Um, and then Oli and Miriam had Miriam had some or some terrible sickness at one time, and Oli had stuff. So so there was that whole layer of things, um, and so I think they would say that um, I think everyone would say now, looking back at it, that that it was you know a, a amazing experience, not easy, but we're happy we did it. Like yeah, and and, and I think. It's more of like I've seen it in my sons now. I bet. Like the way that Harlan, particularly because the age he was, matured after it. Mm. He was the one during the time we were there who was like, I totally, I hate this. Mm-hmm. He did not like it. Yeah. And yet we came home and he was like, I want to go back. Wow. Which really? was like totally surprising. Wow. Yeah. Because he came home as a. He uh, was a 12. 12 year old, right? Because yep. he was 10 when you. Uh, no, 11. No, he was 11 when yep. you went. Yeah. And he was, yeah. So that's like a, I mean, that's a, that's a time of such change normally anyway right. for kids yep. that forever, like his sense of, of who he is as he goes on through life will be like shaped a little bit about having made it through this thing that ultimately that was so hard while he was there. But like he knows that he, he can do, I mean, you can go there, get scorpions in your pants as an 11 year old <laughs> and not only survive, but value that experience. You can get through a lot of shit. Yep, for the rest of your life. Not only right? that, yeah. but I mean, the expansiveness of your just your understanding of even like humanity and like what other people are like, and and just the way that you operate in this world. I feel like when you travel that far, and then when you actually immerse yourself in a culture, um, it's almost like there was a trajectory that you all were on as a family, and specifically that your kids were on in their development that was altered in that moment, however significantly. Yep. Um, and it's so interesting to think about how that will play out for the rest of their lives. Yeah. And, and you know, I, th- I think it'll, it, it will be the rest of their lives, right? Yeah. So like, the, the, and there'll be moments where it'll come back and go. And so I, I think it'll be, uh, it'll be kind of what we were hoping for, which is what you just said. It's like, we wanted them to experience something different. And, you know, since coming back, I have also realizing just just the like some people say oh you went to Nicaragua and you gave up your job and do other stuff well really we could only do that because of the like privileged position we are in right, right? like right. so I've, I've i've been thinking about that a lot lately about like yeah it was it was a cool thing that we did but you know 90% of the world doesn't have that option to even think like that right that's right yeah so but I think it's important if you do have that option to take it right it, it's it's important to not just sit comfortably and easily on privilege, yep. right? If you have privilege in, in this world, I think you have to like use it 
um, in an intentful way to make it easier to understand each other. I mean, like what's what I love about this trip is that your children will when they hear about other people around the world, it won't be an abstract concept to them. Like they 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 know what other people around the world live like. They know what their days are like. They yeah. know that they're good people, you know? Yep. And I think to, part of why I value my early traveling so much now that I'm an adult and still travel quite a lot is that like I when I hear about people around the world, I'm never just picturing like this blanket person like I see them, like I see them in my mind's eye. I see the people I stayed with on the Australian outback for a summer. Like I see the people in Europe that I've traveled with. I see these people that I've connected with over the years in India and Nepal and all these places that I've been, and they are real and permanent parts of my psyche. You know? Yeah. And your kids have that, and and as they go on through life, like they will always have that lens of like there are real people out there. That's not just an abstract thing. And if they if they could use help or if they could use friendship. Right. That like that they're worth being a part of. Right. Yeah. 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 No, totally. Totally. Yeah. So so they um, so then then we were then we were leaving. Right. And then it was like <laughs> 10 months later and here we go. And so we uh, we gave the house to the family so that now they've got uh, several people are living in that house. And um, you took the helipad, though, right? Took the hell back. Yeah. You don't, you don't yeah. want to leave. We that. filled you in know. the pools and stuff. Yeah. The gold plated yeah. toilets. Um, the gold plated <laughs> toilets. Those came back. We, and, and you can't actually, go back to a regular toilet. After <laughs> no, that. no, no. That was all. Oh, like, got to read the book for. There's a lot of toilet <laughs> stories in there. Obviously. <laughs> well, we so, like those. Yeah, yeah. that's I true. Mean, that this yeah. show was just real on quick. That. So latrine. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, because like at night you got to go to the latrine, right? And mm-hmm. it's a, you know, if you have to go number two. Yeah. We're That's talking some serious cockroaches down there. Oh, so, like, man. Wow. so what I made the habit of doing is actually pointing my flashlight down there because they scatter. Yeah, and then I figured, okay, if I get going quick, get, you know, they're not gonna they're not gonna crawl back up in that short period. So of you time. gotta like scare them, then launch a torpedo, and then exactly. You're That's right. It. You That's gotta it. wait until in the last possible second, just, right, before <laughs> yeah. you need to take that. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, so, but anyways, you know, so we came back and then then there was the like um, the readjustment period, obviously. And we did a couple road trips across the U.S. on, on the front end of the back end. Really? Which was a great way of kind of. Oh, tour. A tour. World tour. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. We drove because my wife's family is out in Utah. So we drove out to Utah, spent like three weeks, then left, went to Nicaragua and then drove back from Utah, left our car there. Interesting. So that was wow, really cool. That, so what was it like when you got back to your car? It was, was a still, weird moment. It was still there, which was good. It, we put a lot of it was, it was in bad it was shape. Still there. Um, <laughs> yeah, there were wheels on it. Still. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that was weird. Yeah, but but you know, part of that was weird. Just was so so loving being a, having a family road trip together. It's like my favorite thing. Yeah. So like that, we just sort of kind of had that moment to bond on the way back, and and it was weird though seeing like all the. <laughs> You know, just the the consumer culture definitely hits you, especially oh, man, in the very the beginning. It kind of it wanes pretty quick, and before mm-hmm. you know it, you're buying stuff on Amazon and stuff. True, but right. um, in the beginning, it does. Uh, the reason I ask that is because one of my most distinct return memories was when I came back. I spent a, most of the summer in Nepal. Um, it was one of the first like interactions I'd had with philanthropy because I was working with my friends whose uncle uh, was in the uh, British water treatment stuff, and we were in Kathmandu, and and I got dysentery while I was there, and I was like extremely sick, and it was a, a really genuinely life changing, wow. yeah, a lot of shit, yeah. a really genuinely life changing thing for me, you know, as a as a twenty two year old, and um and you know that there were there were moments as I'm sure you had moments where I was kind of like, what am I doing? Like, is this is this okay that I'm doing this? Like, I, I'm genuinely in danger, and and we live in a in a in a part of the world. And in a part of the socioeconomic you know, lattices that define our society, where we're not really in danger that much, right? And then when mm. you travel, you're like, okay, I'm vulnerable, actually, and like I, I could make decisions that would not be great. And when I came back from that trip, which was really the first time I'd been aware of that, I just remember my dad picked us up at the airport and uh, took us to a McDonald's because we hadn't eaten in a long time. Mm-hmm. And just standing in this McDonald's and feeling like I was just on another planet or something. And I had never seen in sharp contrast before uh, what our lives actually look like to other people, right? And I, and I, that was something that I, I – you must have had that on overdrive, I would imagine, coming back. Yeah, definitely on that road trip back, we had a, that a lot. I mean, I think once we got back – I mean, because admittedly, as, as much as – like, the kids wanted to come home, right? So mm-hmm. they weren't – by at that, after 10 months, they were they were ready. So that first two weeks was was really tough on the on, – on the, juxtaposition of our mm. experience versus our reality new reality um and then um and then they then we got back into moved back into our house and 
and then it was then it was weirder for me I think for a little bit longer than them but um because they were just so ready to get back but right uh, yeah it was, it was it's a powerful experience like in so many ways. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. I, I feel like there are so many things about this. Like, I'm struck not only by the traveling and, you know, Patrick pointed out, I think, point, poignantly about the sort of connecting with all these people outside of your own culture. There's also an aspect of it where, you know, we all, we're, we're, we are privileged. We've identified that. And, you know, our kids are born into it in a way that they don't yet have necessarily the same obligation as we do to maybe push themselves out of that comfort zone. You know, they're just born into it. They didn't yeah. decide that. Um, and I suppose maybe we were to some extent, but there's something pretty amazing about um, pushing yourselves as a whole family out of that comfort zone and maybe unbinding yourself from, you know, all these attachments that we have that, you know, some may actually be toxic when it comes to the material side of things. And so <clears throat> the shedding away of all of that um, and whether it takes shape by traveling or there is more of a deliberate intention to sort of downsize or you know, whatever it is that we do, I feel like there's an, there's an element to this where our kids are born into it and we're, even by doing nothing, we're, we're almost like attaching all of that stuff to them from the beginning. And what can we do to sort of, you know, detach some of it um, and not raise kids who are just like totally oblivious to the privilege that they're growing up right. in, you know? Yeah, I, yeah. You, I think you, you do have to find ways to be really intentional about it, however that looks for each family, right? Yeah. But... And, but I think we we have to because because otherwise this the power of consumerism and materialism is just so far above what what we can do anything about. It's just it's pervasive, right? I mean, the world is set up to perpetuate that. Yeah, right? totally. Like we we operate in a in a world that tries to enforce that upon us and tries to make yeah. it easier for that system to recycle itself. And you almost can't become aware of it until you remove yourself from it for long enough that you forget the the daily rituals that you become so accustomed to. You know, you know, and that. Uh, brings me to one more point, and that is, you know, when we were in this village, usually once or twice a week, we got to go into the like the big city, which was Leon, Nicaragua, which mm-hmm. is a beautiful sort of colonial city. But um, when we were there, there was no internet, you know. So that's the wow. other thing. Like this was mm-hmm. like that's the other part of sort of decoupling yourself is that is, um, yeah, I think it makes it a lot easier to kind of get away from all those things when you don't have the internet, you know. And totally. so that was huge. Mm, it, it feels like we also tend to conflate um, privilege with all this stuff that we're talking about and, and this idea that those are naturally better. Like it's almost like it's optimal that we have the internet, that we have all this right, stuff. Like this is the way things should be. Yeah, and so yeah. it's important to also, I feel like, distinguish between um, certainly there's privilege in a lot of that and power. And yet at the same time, you know, when you travel, you don't necessarily get the sense that the people who don't have certainly you want to have a certain level of you know comfort or security for food and and shelter and all of that. Um, but it isn't the case that you just add more stuff. You add the internet. You add all this other stuff, and it leads to more happiness. Right. And I think separating that out to, is really important as well. But it's also one of those things where it's like impossible to do it until you take yourself out of you know the culture or at least the day to day that you're already sort of stuck in. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. And you know. I was just thinking, from from personally, one of the or two of the groups that that I gained so much respect for during this trip were one, of course, just the people of Nicaragua. And when I say people of Nicaragua, I mean everyone we met, especially these like three families that we were really tight with. Mm-hmm. And these people were just, you know, the community is so important no matter where you are, right? And so we were able to, thanks to their openness, like make these friends that we never would have had, and and. and we're still their friends. One of the one of the guys, Larry, came and lived at our house for three months last year and studied English here. And and so we're, we want to stay connected as much as possible. And then like just my family, like they're superheroes. Like I was the one who had, who had <laughs> done this stuff before, and I it wasn't there wasn't a big lift for me to go there, but for mm-hmm. them it was like huge. And they and they did it with such grace and and amazingness. I'm totally proud of them. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, as we wrap, there's one story that you haven't told yet, which I don't want to. Sp- Necess- well, I do want to spoil it, <laughs> but I but I, I love it, and John has not heard it yet. So this is this concerns uh, ice fishing. Oh, oh, which is and, my uh, forte. Ice which fishing. is which I'm is big, your big your, your big background. This was on this trip, right, or is this a separate trip? No, this is a separate trip. Oh, this but, is a separate but, trip. but I'm okay. still totally happy to yeah, tell the story because it's yeah. funny. As I was saying, ice fishing, I was like, I don't think Nicaragua's big on ice fishing, <laughs> but and, and I never quite connected <laughs> that. But this is just a great story, and this this speaks to something that Colin and I have talked about with with some of the work that we do about ice how so, uh, mostly ice fishing. How sometimes um, the best way to get through to somebody is to talk about 
when you think you understand something and you actually have no idea what you don't even know you don't understand. Which is what we do every day. Which is continuously what we do. But yeah, so we'll close with uh, this story. Ice fishing. Okay, so... And I wasn't bald, as bald at the time. Anyways, but... <laughs> so picture the scene. Yeah, yeah. Not Long, as bald. Flowing hair. <laughs> so I was with these two buddies. We were... Uh, they were actually both Swedish, and I was going to school out in uh, Washington State, Western Washington University, and we took a... Uh, the three of us went up to British Columbia for Thanksgiving. And so we wanted to, like, introduce, especially this one guy who had, didn't have any context for Thanksgiving, to, like, American Thanksgiving meal. Yeah, yeah. So anyways... We, were, we did all that, cooked the turkey, did all that stuff. But we also, you know, had some uh, drinks around and, and also had some fishing poles. And we were like, let's go ice fishing. So we found this this beautiful little lake. We drove, we had rented a car, drove it up there and walked out in the lake for a ways, brought our chairs, brought like a bottle of, I think it was like famous grouse whiskey or something. And we uh, <laughs> cut a little hole in the ice and we started ice fishing. And it was at some point where... I can't remember exactly who noticed at first. It was, there was a car driving by, and someone people were like honking at us, and like, and it, it turned out that we were actually in the middle of a field, and like it was one of those fields that had gotten like w- frozen water on top of it, and we didn't know if it was a field, it, and so That's we were amazing. literally ice fishing in a field, and oh you know to God. this day it, it's like the funniest story of all. Time. Like I can't stop by whatever I tell it, but it was um what a, yeah we talk about not knowing you know you your context in grass. There's a life lesson like, there for sure. Admit, okay, there was there was a it was there was some water underneath the ice yeah. enough to let you know that thinking, maybe <laughs> it was a shallow lake, right? It was a, it was a large puddle. <laughs> to be fair, we didn't catch anything, but yeah, it was. Yeah, that's quite, Imagine if you did, that would have been impressive. That what if you had really, right, an alligator like, or something? Chipmunk. Yeah, <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, <laughs> an aquatic they can swim. Yeah. hibernating <laughs> under the ice. Anyway, thank you for coming on, man. This is a lot of fun. Appreciate oh, great it. to be here, thank guys. You, Thanks Kelly. for having me. And one more time, uh, it's on Amazon. The title is Mom, There's a Scorpion in My Pants. Mom, There's a Scorpion in My Pants, future bestseller. Let's future get it there. Pick it up on Amazon. Let's make it the bestseller. Let's do it. All right? We can do it. <laughs> Bye. Bye.